Kia ora. Welcome to Modeland Monday. It's a Tuesday, but I figured I would still record because I'm feeling the vibe and I'm feeling I'm feeling inclined towards towards doing so. How are you all? Uh, thanks for tuning in and for subscribing and following this podcast. Um, and just before I get started on what, we're, on what I'm going to call it all about today, don't forget that coming up in the next couple of months, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, myself and a team, our, our collective, are launching our um, Māori home ownership lending product. We can't call it a bank because only banks can call themselves banks, but we're a credit union. And so um been working on this in the background for the last 12 months or more probably so that we can uh, bring in Māori money from our iwi and hapu um, organisations, uh, uh, providing a structure to lend out to Māori homeowners. And we're starting with Te Arawa. Try say. So keep an ear out for that. I'll let you know when we're about to launch and we're, when we're taking um, Fano into our home ownership program, our Fatukainga Clean Banking Program that I started in 2016, where we prepare you um, to the best that you can be for your finance application. How's that sound? Sound good? Yeah, cool. So we will be using a Reserve Bank approved um structure as well and leading our team is a treasury and uh, a lawyer and economist there's myself registered practicing valuer and um, some amazing pakeke and, and uh, business businessmen so that's really cool um today's topic I, I was like, this journey is going to be a bit of a mess. I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge that now. I am going to talk about what comes to my heart and my head in that order or reverse head and heart. But today I wanted to talk about the patriarchy. So um, a, a quick recap. Māori land issues are affecting all of us. Um... It was the Māori Land Act, Te Tere Whenua Māori Act, and and the Māori Land Court was all put in place, wasn't it? Um, to, I think there was a quote from back in the 1800s. It was to basically find a way to alienate us from our whenua and go from collective tribal ownership down into individual ownership shake the connection for, um, that we have to whenua out of us and therefore being able to alienate land for the government, for the colonising um, powers. Where I'm going with today's topic is that from my own experience that I'm sharing with you, being trying to lead um, my fight, I'm going to say my fight for what I think is right for my family, as in my whānau, my brother, my sister, our uri, our mukupuna, as part of a bigger whānau. Um, we're talking about probably an 11-year or more issue where people are getting hurt, brothers and sisters are hurting each other, um, maybe doing 
making decisions that they wouldn't have years ago. And now that our tupuna, um, Matua Tupuna, grandparents are either passed away or not able to make those decisions for us. You know, we're we're going into that phase where the next generation between my grandparents and myself are making the decisions. And of course, I believe they're the wrong decisions, otherwise I wouldn't be talking about this. But a consistent, persistent issue that I've watched over the last 11 years, 10 to 11 years, is patriarchy and um, as a woman and my mother obviously being part of this family they're the only wahine I have noticed you know dynamics that are actually even more harmful than just the issue of wills and money and, and, and property and whenua so today on to share that I am one of the most, oh, what's the word? It's not colonized, but I'm an indoctrinated person. So I have never challenged the men in our family or my iwi or my hapu. Um, we weren't raised that way. You know, we we're very patriarchal iwi um, and hapu. But in te, te Arawa, but in saying that it's in, in our own way, it's not that it's unequal or anything like that. It's just that's that's the way things are for us. So the men are at the front. The men speak on the pipei. Women never speak on the pipei. That's not uncommon for a lot of people. Um, but it's an accepted part of me. I've never questioned it. I don't question it. I don't question that for many many decades until recently, the chairs of our um, trusts and incorporations and our whanau. The leaders were always the men, the fathers, koro, uncles, cousins. That didn't worry me. I've not been conditioned. I don't know if it's that or if it's my nature, but I have not been conditioned to think that there's anything wrong with that. Nobody around me thought there was anything wrong with that. I still don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but where I'm going with this is that I'm I still don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't feel there's anything wrong with being completely male-led or things are changing. But generally speaking, that's how it is. But I can still see what I see. That's my point. doesn't matter that I might not feel that it's wrong or or think that it's wrong. What I can see is that it hasn't been leading us in the right direction. And um, if people in my iwi and hapu don't like me saying that, cool, I'll say it about my family, my immediate families. I always felt growing up really good about being led by our men. We had good men. They were safe. They kept us safe. They turned up. They represented us, uncles, cousins, father, everything. But... um, I'm now seeing the results are looking different to how I remember seeing them when I was little and I would watch my was age who was in his um, nearly in the 90s, would be 90s if he's alive. 
and the kaumatua who were before him, so when I was really young, we're talking 40 years now, so let's say 35 years ago and so on. What came out of their decisions, whilst they might have been very patriarchal, were still led by women. They still, our the women, the queers always had a say. It might have just been at home, and they would have been hounded for the decisions they made and criticised for what they said on the pie, but they were still, they were told off if they were wrong, with the way he needs to agree with them. They would tell them off either at home, um, after the manuhiri had left, and if they had to, they would still do it in front of everybody as well. Um, and ultimately, the men, whilst they were the front and the face, I f- feel that what I saw was still overall for all of us. Hence why they all still lived in the same houses when they were 80 or 90 and died in those same houses as as they were when they were in their 20s or 30s or 40s, yeah? What I see now, using my own whānau as an example, is not that. I can see that decisions that they almost have exclusive right to make because they are the men aren't the fruits of their work is not good for all of us the rest of the family the fruits of their decisions and their work are good for them and only their families meaning their direct nuclear family i doesn't it doesn't really matter to me what i can see or what what i think and what i feel oh it's okay for the patriarchy and men to make the decisions and to have the power that's all good and well but I can see the fruits are rotten. And so I'm going through a stage, and I don't know if any of you who are listening have ever had this kind of reflection, where your core being, my core being, is being challenged. Um, I never thought of myself as a feminist, and I don't necessarily need to change to become ultra-feminine, to be able to marry what I think and see feel with what I see it just is what it is maybe people maybe our men have been a little bit poisoned um but they're making shit decisions really crappy decisions like I said decisions that only benefit themselves and their nuclear family so part of my Māori land journey has been um just touch lightly there are trusts and that I've been nominated towards not all of them are, are whenua Māori but they've been to represent our Māori interest um then there is our trusts a few trusts that I'm on and it's always male dominated and I've never spoken like this made that an issue so I do feel com- uncomfortable about it however I don't always like the decisions that they make Actually, in fact, standing back, I've looked at decisions and gone professionally, I would never make that decision. And then the conundrum is how do I let them know that? Because I have let people know that with respect. And I have noticed that our men uh, don't take that feedback constructively. So, yeah, I'm going to say it for the first time been dealing with a lot of egos 
and I'm not put on this earth, eh? None of us are to deal with other people's ball bags with their egos so far down there that that's uh, where they make their decisions and they have their egos and their self-worth. So there's been that. And then there's been that in my family. Essentially, people making their heart decisions with their egos. And you will hear me refer to those as ball bags. Because that's the difference. That's something that the men have that we don't have. Um, And this is distinctly a problem I'm having with men. I'm seeing with men. So coming back to my own Māori land um, journey for my whānau, in a male-dominated family, families, mostly men, even I have men, I have four children, four sons, <clears throat> I'm seeing the value of making sure that our men are educated first about being Māori, and I see a common trait is that this particular generation were made to aspire, in my family anyway, um, encouraged to aspire to outward pursuits, go and be lawyers, go and get educations at Pākehā places, uh, Pākehā institutions, go and uh, move overseas and travel overseas and develop, and then come back to us and bring back your skills. So somehow along that travels, those travels, they must have left their hearts somewhere, Um, But I've also seen that lifestyles of the rich and famous, it seems that once they get to their 50s and 60s, maybe even 40s, desperation sets in and you start making decisions that you may not have in your 20s and 30s because you were using your heart. So sadly, part of my problem with my Māori land journey has been uh, the patriarchy who have the power, both, both physically and the numbers, as well as the, um, what do you call that thing, like cultural power, because just because that's our, how we do things. But when you leave your heart, when they leave their heart somewhere out of it, and they make it using their head, they make their decisions using their head, that's what I think is the missing piece with um, why the fruits of their decisions are kaka. So I just thought I'd share that, overshared, been very diffuse. I'm really sorry. Like I said, it's a, it's a mess. But I thought talking about the patriarchal problem that I've been having, that I've seen and experienced, is a fundamental to what's, you know, so as to talking about the journey. How are you finding it? Are you finding the same? Have you found the same? Have you found the opposite? Am I just totally wrong? I don't know. I will be more specific now, though. So, as a nearly 40-year-old woman, and let's talk about the last five years of this issue going on, of being bullied by uncles, grandfathers, men, relative, male relatives, something I thought that everybody would be a lot more tactful in expressing themselves about um, how you're just a little girl, and he's, I am no little girl, I'm nearly 40, like I said, mother, grey hairs as, um, and it doesn't matter how old I get, 
you still have people pinching your cheeks like you're a cute little girl. And we're talking in the lawyers' meetings, we're talking in trust hui, we're talking in whānau hui, and the, that's the, the, I'm not saying they actually literally pinch your cheeks and say, oh, you're a cute little girl, but they do things like this, get contracts and family deeds of agreement and put them in front of you and give you a pen. And you're only given a pen and the agreement, the last page where you put your signature. And you say, what's this for? And they say, I'll just sign it. And what they're getting you to sign are sales agreements, contracts of sale. Okay, so I'm talking an 11-year history of having men put in front of me trust deeds, contracts of sale, um, family deeds of agreement where we're signing away our, I'm signing away my whanau, my nuclear whanau, my brothers, sisters and stuff, um, our, my whanau's, my whanau entitlement and connection to our whenua. That's where I'm going with this. That's how bad this is. Given the final last page to sign. Asked to sign documents I would never sign if I knew what they were. Um, now, have I ever signed these? No, people. No, I haven't. What I'm saying is that if you don't sign the first one, the patriarchy and my family just present the same document to you the next week, the next month, the next year. And when they get sick of doing that, they just sign off on purchase agreements without your signature. So I can count at least three or four times of this. Uh, they did it to my mother at first because she wouldn't sign. They kicked her off the trust, just took her off the trust and added my name. And then they started putting the same documents in front of me thinking I would sign them. So when I said no, this is when they would just sign them themselves and go and sell properties from the Fano Trust and things like that. So more recently, in the last five years, we had another batch of this behavior where it was to sign off on wills that were allowing um, one person, one brother, to receive most of the benefit. Um, and it was a little bit of financial abuse you know, where you agree to give a korowa money or buy something from them to help them financially. You take five or six years to, to, to actually pay. And then you pay after they died. That kind of thing. That's, that's a type of elder abuse in my opinion. And getting people to sign off on that and expecting me as the only girl to sign off on the same agreements time and time again. Knowing that if they'd shown me the whole agreement, I would nobody would ever sign off to this. So most recently, in the last, say, three years, two years actually, um, one uncle recruited another somehow, one of the ones who was against this behavior. But I can imagine why. When you're tired, when you get tired and bullied, yeah, you join the other side sometimes. And sometimes people do. And so what would happen was I would have um, these documents, these deed of agreements that were saying that I would sign off on my family's behalf to sell or to sign over shares and to sign ourselves out of whenua to give to one person, which would make another person happy. In other words, a whole 50% of the whānau would be disconnected from their whenua by signing away 
their ownership or their rights to it. And then when you say no the first time, the same document is put in front of me, not twice, not three times, but four times. And along that journey, being putty putty with food and um, company and like false intentions. And when you say, no, I'm not signing that, I know exactly what this document means. It's a family deed of agreement that says that I'm signing away my family, my brother, sister and our grandchildren's lives, uh, connection to this whenua. I know exactly what you're presenting me with and it's a no, no, no and no. Four or five times. So then in the patriarchy contacts a brother, a sibling of mine and says, will you come and sign it? So luckily I'd let them know about what's going on. So this could be matriarchal as well. Maybe in your family or other people's family, it's the women who behave like this. But for us, for me, as a sole woman amongst the trustees, um, amongst the whānau representatives, and so was my mother, the patriarchy has been the place of poison that I have seen. Um, so that's that for today. Yeah, the patriarchy. I'm going to leave it there. And it may not make any sense to you what I've talked about, but maybe it just resonates. And maybe hearing some of the ways I overcame the, the patriarchy and the unfairness will help you too through your journey. Kia ora. So you'll find this video recording of what I've just talked about on my website, indigenuity.co. You have to enter in a password, create it yourself an account to get access to my website to watch the video. That's just so I can see who the all the people who are watching it, because you know not everybody's got good intentions. Um, you can find this on Spotify, which is probably where you're listening to it, iTunes and Google Podcast, and add yourself to my email list, and I'll eventually just let you all know when I'm posting. But we'll be putting this up every Monday, Modern Land Monday. Love you.